All right, are we safe? It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. That's Mike Royer, and this week we're going to talk Spider-Man stealth suit, Mike. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, We're also going to talk about the first Dark Phoenix trailer. If we must, if we we're, must. We're going to. You gotta, just got to get over it. We also have, uh, in that same regard, Fox's release date shuffle. Ooh, they're, yes. They're doing the hustle. Do, do, mm-hmm. do, 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 and more. Yes. Uh, uh, this is a, uh, a new show where we will not be talking about politics in any way, shape, or form because it has been a very, uh, very stressful week for many people out there in the country. And possibly the world. So this is where we're going to come and just talk about the nerdiest stuff we can. Stuff that ultimately probably doesn't matter to the, the, the health and well-being of uh, most people. But to my mental health, I, I got to know uh, why Venom wasn't rated R and why it ended up being PG-13. So we'll end up talking about that a little bit too. Um, but uh, we talked, uh, mm-hmm. we talked uh, Spider-Man last week. We yep. talked Spider-Man the week before, so I think it's time for another Spider-Man, Spider-Man. PS4 up- update on my end. Okay, since, go ahead. Uh, since, uh, you de- since you decided to just beat the game all oh. in like one weekend, I'm slowly working oh. my way through oh. still. I'm going to get this This is nice can footage here. That's t- good can tape. Oh, yeah. All right. Ooh, what are you drinking, Chris? This is a vanilla Coke Zero right now. <laughs> Uh, I'd ex- I'd expect no less from you. I, I am a creature of habit. Um, but go on, regale me with your tales of Spider-Man in the PlayStation 4 world. So I, I believe I'm about halfway through the game. I think the last time I had to boot up the game through like the main menu, I think it said I was like maybe around like 40-50% through. I don't know if that's necessarily me completing side tasks or it, like through the story. It does include side tasks. So. Okay, got, gotcha. So maybe I'm not quite as far along as I, I am. Uh, awesome. Uh, I think my my update last week was once I kind of got the the ability and the comfort for how to fight, uh, it started to be a lot more fun. Now I'm starting to, do, like, go and delve more into, like, the gadgets and, like, the tools mm-hmm. and the extra abilities that you get, like, when you press the thumbsticks down. So, I'm, you know, I'm starting to get used to that that stuff. So really fleshing out all the things that uh, Spidey can do. Really awesome game. I'm almost, like, getting bummed. I'm just like, oh, man, I don't want this game to end because this is fun. Like, every weekend I boot the game up and I get to play a little bit more. Uh, but the only thing is, is you kind of have to trust this game a little, a little bit because there's a thing, there's an item in the game I haven't unlocked yet called like a challenge token. Yes. And for a while, I thought like I just wasn't playing the game right, and I was just like, why can't I unlock all this stuff? I got plenty of crime tokens, got landmark tokens, got base tokens, got all these science tokens. Like, what are these challenge tokens? So I was like, oh, maybe I haven't done enough like side tasks. So I do the whole like screwball internet famous side task and some other ones and I'm just like what are these challenge tokens so I just had to google it and they're just like oh it's a thing you get in the game that comes a little bit later you just haven't gotten there yet and I'm yeah. just like okay like you know I'm not I'm not mad or upset but it's just like I would say there's a little bit of failure on the game side if I have to Google what these challenge tokens 
are. So I don't know if there's really a clever way around that. I'm really, it's really gr- grasping at straws trying to find negatives of this game. But uh, yeah, you, your your player probably shouldn't have to Google things. Well, I, uh, I, th- I think that's you not being a normal gamer. Like to me, what I really love about Spider-Man is that it doesn't give you everything up front. Like it's not like hey, you have. 18 different types of tokens to get go get them. Like, it slowly trickles them out there. Because, I don't know if you've noticed in the story, like, sometimes Spider-Man's like, hey, I just did this story mission. I need to go patrol the streets. I haven't been patrolling for a minute or two. And then you go out and you can do some stuff. And so I like the trickle effect to it. That way it's not literally everything at once. Yeah. my I think my favorite part of the game is how just the overworld slightly changes as the story advances. So no spoilers here, but there's some there's some sort of kind of like military, like police force changes that happen uh, uh, at some point in the game. And you notice those things reflect across the city, like the presence on rooftops changes a little bit. Or like your, your common street thugs might upgrade to a different type of thug and a different type of crime. So I think all of that is is really yeah. genius and that stuff all operates off not off of cutscenes. that's not really driven directly by like the story progression it's just kind of like how the story affects the overworld so yeah this game has been like so much fun and like uh now i'm actually kind of looking forward to possibly buying some of this dlc which is something i've been like really opposed to a really long time uh, but now I'm just like, yeah, I kind of want to see what this Black Cat heist is going to be with the DLC that comes out later. So yeah. um, overall, still thumbs up for what, Spider-Man. What's so that's your my favorite spy. costume so far? Oh, man, I kind of bounce around them. I think last week I said I like to put on the noir suit whenever I start a sneaking mission just because it feels like I'm being extra sneaky. Um, I, I actually find myself going to that classic, the the, the normal PS4 Spider-Man suit. It just looks so slick. The white, those, with like, the white chest? Yeah, I love okay. those white running lines. Um, sometimes when I just like want a visual pop, I put on like that negative suit that's just like black and white. That's pretty rad. Um, I was kind of disappointed by the um, the unlockable uh, Tom Holland uh, beginner suit because it's just like Scarlet Spider yeah. looks way cooler and it's kind of like their Scarlet Spider version of the suit a little bit, you know, homemade materials. So I was like, eh. But sometimes it's kind of cool putting on the advanced Iron Man Tom Holland suit, not the Iron Spider one, but the, you know, the normal the, the updated movie, one. The homecoming. Yeah, because it's like sometimes in a cutscene, because what's awesome is they incorporate these suits into the cutscenes. I'm just like, oh, man. It looks like I'm looking at like a screenshot from the movie, which is actually what happened to me earlier this week. Since you know it's really easy to share screenshots from this game, I saw somebody on Reddit share like a really nicely composed screenshot of like the Tom Holland suit on top of a roof um, with like the sun setting in the background. And I didn't read the title of the post, and I legitimately thought it was like um, like a screenshot from one of the movies. So like it just goes to show you all the detail going to this game. Yeah, it's a beautiful game. Definitely mm-hmm. a beautiful game. Uh, I've probably spent a lot of time gaming this weekend as well, Mike. Um, just that out there for anyone who plays Fortnite, they Sony has notoriously been against cross-platform play on anything. They Thursday out of nowhere they open up cross-platform play between Xbox and PlayStation. The dream, Mike, where it doesn't matter what we buy and we still get to play together. Like that's w- that's the goal. I- I would imagine on a practical level, that's going to make matchmaking so much faster just because you've increased your player population. Mm-hmm. Like, I would assume by double just between those two connections. So that's that's really cool. That's it, really great. It, um, it worked smooth. It's in beta, they said, but it works so smooth. Like, all Friday night, I played with my PlayStation friends uh, through I my think, Xbox. I, 
I think it just goes to show you how much of a juggernaut Fortnite, yeah. Fortnite must be right now that they can apply the leverage to the platform <laughs> to be like, hey, we're Fortnite. Every 14-year-old out there that has dispendable income and no bills is playing our game. If you want to keep it on the PlayStation, like yeah. they probably didn't specifically say that, but I'm sure there was undertones of just like, hey, we'd really like to do that, and it'd be a shame, you know, if we started putting exclusives on other platforms or something like that, or maybe we'll... Well, because is Fortnite on the Switch yet? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I would imagine, like, oh, maybe we'll look into cross-play between the, the Switch and Xbox. Well, they, and, they, already, they already could. Oh, they did they do that already? Yep, that's already been done. Uh, I had issues, like, so I played on PlayStation with my friends, and when I went to sign in on Xbox before this week, I couldn't even transfer my purchased accessories on the same account over. They had locked it to the PlayStation even. That's how much of a dick they were being. <laughs> and uh, this, uh, this this summer, someone was like, why are you, why are you doing this? So he says, like, well, it's, it's a business practice or, it's, it's you know, there's a bunch of other BS they spewed out. And then finally, this out of nowhere, they did it. And, like, this is going to open up, uh, I think, a huge opportunity going forward as long as everybody keeps playing nice together. Like, <laughs> like I mean, I mean, not just this, but, I mean, you know, maybe one day... When we get that Avengers multiplayer game, Mike, that we could play with each other across Xbox and, and PlayStation without yeah, having be, to worry about that. Yeah, that would be pretty rad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about a uh, uh, a Fortnite because I've only played like two matches and it was uh, very confusing. There's lots yeah. of things going on. Uh, but on, on the broader terms of like two different types of gamers playing, there's a, there's this awesome YouTube channel. Uh, there there are a group of people um out here in la that make like youtube shorts uh they're called corridor digital uh they've made some viral stuff you've probably seen some of it out there um before they have a lot of like popular like superman with a gopro i think that one was really uh popular they just flew a drone around then pretended it was like uh superman made a whole made a whole video about it but anyway they have a like a behind the scenes channel called um uh, the corridor team or like corridor digital behind the scenes. I don't really remember what it's called, but they did this cool experiment on their vlog the other week where they pitted a, a, a VR person against a keyboard person to try to decide uh, what was the more efficient uh, gaming um, kind of um, uh, function. Uh, why am I at a loss for words here? What is the most efficient way to play this game in VR or the keyboard or with a controller? So it was cool to see them compare it because they just found like one game that fit both aesthetics. And it was interesting because in VR, you can kind of duck and dodge, hide behind boxes and stuff. But with the mouse and keyboard, you kind of get this, uh, this, this, high precision of being able to move the mouse around so it was kind of cool to see them compete so uh, go, go find that video maybe I'll try to throw it in the show notes if I can find it but that was pretty cool but now we, we see cross play just uh, evolving yeah. even to just uh, between two platforms well, well, what, well what brings me to that point is this coming Friday we are um, my brother-in-law and I have, have coordinated a LAN party for Halo um, much like the old days where you get all together in the same room and hook your Xboxes together we uh-huh. are doing that this coming Friday at his house uh, with with some people. So we're gonna relive the the, the old days of early two thousands at a land party this, this ah, coming weekend. So we're all right. we're really excited to to open that can of worms and see what that's like again. You know, fifteen twenty years later. Uh, you gotta you gotta get the Mountain Dews, baby. Well, uh, I, that's a lot of sugar. Well, but we are looking into pizza and White Castle for dinner because that's oh man we it's good. we we. We got to get a White Castle out here on the West Coast for me because it's it's been a bit. Yeah, it's been a minute. Well, maybe 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 you can get some um, coming up this week, maybe um, because I, I I'm just gonna go ahead and say our next news is in fact 
Venom, but do you want to talk about something else here? Uh, no, I, I am actually actively adding this okay. uh, link to our show notes. So if you want to see VR versus mouse and keyboard, check out our show notes at SuperheroSlate.com. Cool. For this episode. Great. Well, now that we're out of gaming, let's actually get into the comic book stuff. Because what? Venom That's is this we weekend. That's yeah. what we talk about on this show. It is. Venom is this weekend, Mike. And uh, just normally this is our next spoiler cast. However, Mike, you are busy. Uh, you've got some plans coming up that are going to make us not be able to watch it and talk together. <laughs> Uh, until the following like week, maybe. So yes, a little baseball, a little inside baseball behind the curtain of superhero slate. I will be out of town. Unfortunately, will not be back in time next Sunday to record the podcast, which includes the news episode and the Venom spoiler cast. And Chris was uh, was very very nice and understanding and kind and compassionate, and said he would not. He refused to record a spoiler cast for yep. Venom without me. Um, so I like that he has the integrity of the duo for the Venom movie coming up. So you'll be hearing next week's news episode with another friendly voice. Uh, I'm not too sure who it's going to be I got yet. No, but, I, got, I got no clue either. Uh, but Chris usually has a roster of uh, fine folks that knows how to talk about this nerdy stuff. Uh, but then uh, Venom, possibly the week after that, uh, which might end up being a good thing. You know, I don't think Venom is going to necessarily break any uh, box office records by any means. Maybe like a maybe technically an October record, but I think it. I think the movie It came out in October, and if it did, it has no chance because that movie broke a ton of records. So uh, there's a there's a high chance that maybe a lot of people that end up seeing this movie don't see it on opening weekend. So maybe delaying a week will end up being good for everybody. So uh, you can uh, listen to us and while you've already seen the movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think actually, I don't think it was in October. I think. Or if it was, it had legs more than a debut. I think uh, last time I looked up tracking for Venom was uh, looking to actually break October's records. I think Gravity may have been the one before that with the highest one. And, you know, and maybe I think the you're, Martian. I, I think you're right because I think it was like re-released in October for Halloween. Yeah, it came out in September, so but I'm sure yeah. it made tons of money anyway. So good luck, Venom. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it, it, it's tracking to get some numbers, but anyway, uh, it is coming out this this coming weekend. Uh, I got my tickets for Thursday, October fourth, of course. Um, but I just got confirmation right before we started the show. There are two after credit scenes, Mike, and oh. those uh, descriptions, maybe even video clips, are online. I'm avoiding them to to avoid spoilers before going into this movie. So um, I like to go in a little fresh. But I can't believe it's already October uh, this week, and and Venom's here. Like it doesn't it's- feel like it should be. In all honesty, so it, it's time to get it's time to get spooky uh, yeah. for this month of October. Uh, it is funny hearing two after credit scenes for a Venom movie, you know, because technically it's a it's a Sony vehicle. So I'm a little worried just because the last time there was an after credit scene where there really wasn't a whole lot of Marvel Studios involvement, you know, was the Amazing Spider-Man two, and like they tried to set up all the Sinister Six. They had tried to do all this work in a quote unquote after credit scene so i'll have to wait and see but i think we i think we've already predicted on the show once that at least one of these is going to be carnage so i'm curious maybe what the second one's going to be are they going to take the marvel approach and make the second after credit scene just kind of a funny joke or maybe are they what maybe they're going to try to maybe or maybe they'll try to set up maybe their next like villain movie well that that is that is funny that is uh, it so uh, although we're you know we're talking about Venom, Morbius, uh, the producers for I think maybe the director of Venom or the producer says Morbius, the Living Vampire with Jared Leto, is the next vehicle that they're going to focus on. So mm-hmm. uh, it could definitely be that. I we haven't seen anything 
the headlines didn't look like it was this. You know, because they usually, even if it's spoilery for something, they usually blow that out of them. Like, our first look at Jared Leto is Morbius, you know, something like that. Um, I don't think it is, but, I mean, I of these, you know, we're, we're not thoroughly on board, per se. I, I think I'm more on board than you are, simply because I have no affiliation. I don't care if Venom's good or not. It doesn't ruin anything else for me. But I also think they have more Marvel insight than we know on this one. I think, I think Feige... Because of Spider-Man and all the success they're bringing, they're probably like, hey, can you at least point us in the right direction? Are we way off our rocker on this? Uh, they even did that with, what, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then um, before they did all this, or maybe the first Amazing Spider-Man, and then they ignored Feige's emails, and then look how bad that tanked. So, <laughs> yeah, there's gotta, gotta be, read there, his notes, man. There's really got to be some sort of coordination, because Sony is really starting to... Uh, dive into Spider-Man's villain canon. And obviously Spider-Man's a character that they're going to want to be developing for the next phases of Marvel. Spider-Man is a very, very, very important character. So it's just like if Sony goes off, theoretically makes a Venom movie, let's just say it's awful. I'm not hoping that it is, but let's just theoretically say Venom ends up tanking, makes like no money, it's awful, like Tom Hardy's worst acting job ever. I don't know, maybe he like um, got hit in the head by like a, a wacky plank situation on set and then he thought he was somebody else and forgot how to act i don't know the the movie just tanks so like like kevin feige does not want sony over here just like burning these villains that he can't use in his future movies so yeah i would imagine there's got to be some sort of coordination like hey yeah maybe you should set your venom movie in san francisco so we don't have to worry about you crossing anybody in new york that might be messing with our story so yeah, yeah i would i would hope i'm hoping so i, I mean feige feige will make you money just listen to him yeah and, and again they did that with the amazing spider-man movies they did ask for his feedback so they do mm-hmm. respect him as you know as a producer so i i think there's probably he's probably got more into it uh than we can think of reviews are not online yet um but again, this this kind of snuck up on me. I can't I can't believe it's October. Like, I literally cannot believe it's October. I, w- I would like to I would like to think like Kevy Kevin Feige's like best veiled threat to anybody over at Sony is like be careful, or I'll just tell Bob Iger to buy your studio. <laughs> I'll buy then, you. Yeah, I'll just buy you out. I'll buy all of your authority away and then fire you. <laughs> buy, I'll yeah. buy your company then fire you. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's um that that is this week. And then you know again, Morbius is the next project. So at least they're not saying hey, here's Venom two already. You know that they're not pushing that crossing Uh, my fingers that this all works out man yeah uh, the best thing i can say about tom hardy is he at least had the smarts to get out of suicide squad before it started filming Uh, (laughs) so uh, you know at least he knows when he's in a bad movie yeah Uh i'll give give him that much because that was was he he was captain boomerang he was was he was originally cast as uh yeah Uh, boomerang and yeah that's right and then he he got the hell out of dodge real (laughs) so um yeah so that's that's good uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump around a little bit this week because everything's kind of all over the place. So the first thing I want to talk about is actually a Birds of Prey movie. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh, are you familiar with the Birds of Prey at all? Birds of Prey is kind of the it's the female DC, not necessarily vigilantes, are they? No, um, they're they're kind of like antiheroes, I guess. Uh, a little bit because I mean it's got I mean I, I don't know how to put it. Yeah, I guess they're yeah vigilantes. I don't know how to I don't know how to describe them best. Uh, but they do feature again. This movie will have Harley Quinn, so I'm, that's why I think more anti heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, it will also feature uh, Black Canary and um, Huntress, I believe, or mm-hmm. Black Canary and uh, 
Yeah, Huntress, because we've got casting confirmations and a release date for this movie, actually. Oh, release date. So, February 7th, 2020, you can go catch Birds of Prey with uh, Margot Robbie returning as Harley Quinn. Mary Beth Winstead as the Huntress. I really like her. Uh, you may remember from Scott Pilgrim vs. Oh, the World. I love me some Mary, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She was yeah. also in um, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, yep. of course, Scott Pilgrim. She was in one of, I think, maybe season three of Fargo, which I have not seen, but I hear you know all of the seasons of Fargo have been really great. So this is really a knockout of the park for me because she, she's great. I love her. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I... I it's hard to think of something that you know she's been in that we I didn't really kind of enjoy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I don't know this actress, uh, Journey Smollett Bell as Black Canary. So um, they are they're moving right along with this uh, to hit that 2020 release date. You know, DC likes to spend a lot of time in post production, so I imagine the cameras are going to start rolling probably midway through Joker or maybe right when the Joker movie wraps up. Yeah, this almost seems like a, a do-over for the Suicide Squad. They're like, okay, what was the best part about Suicide Squad? Well, I guess it was Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. All right, let's just put her in a new team mm-hmm. of people, just all brand new, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Birds of Prey, again, was a TV show, I, th- I believe, in the early 2000s. Some people some people have said they liked it. People on YouTube have come out and said that they like it to us. Um, but also, um, I, I don't know if that's on DC Universe or not, but... Um, I think I think it is actually. Um, I want to say I I think I follow the, the the DC streaming app, whatever it's called, DC Universe on Twitter. And I think they were trying to like promote it a little bit, like through like a GIF or a little video clip. Yeah, yeah, because it had um, Oracle and uh, Huntress, and then Harley Quinn. So there was it was a weird little. It, it was about the same team, but but a little different. It had an Oracle in there. Um, so that's coming out, Mike. That's, that's some DC news. But now we're going to shift into Star Wars news. Because oh, man. Going, going all over the place here. I know. I'm all over the place this week. Because uh, Kathleen Kennedy has been renewed her contract over there for the next three years at Star Wars. Um, well, I think three years is not a lot of time. It probably is in Star Wars time. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking, too, when I saw that. I was like, that seems like a pretty short contract extension or renewal. Like, in in. In the term of films, that's like what maybe one more movie that she gets to preside over. Well, at least one more release. She could be producer in production for several movies. At least yeah, three, I guess probably that's three true. movies. Um, but at least at least that I, I I was I mean we're used to you know Kevin Feige doing ten years, but not everything's Marvel. Star Wars cannot and should not do the Marvel approach to their movies. Um, as you know, again, Rogue One and and you know more recently Solo, you know kind of proved like not everything's a winner out the gate um it, it didn't solo didn't make a lot of money but bob Iger has said that you know he takes the blame for that by putting it out way too soon right after the last jedi yeah um, uh there's obviously going to be a lot of reconfiguration uh for the star wars world because we talked about that kind of um that bob Iger interview just the other week yeah. and he conveniently did not mention any of ryan johnson's supposed new trilogy coming up i mean he didn't specifically say it wasn't happening but he did go out of the way to say he had you know the boys from game of thrones making stuff he's got kevin feige making a tv show you know you, you mean, got you Kath- mean uh, um not kevin feige yeah bro yeah, John Favreau making the TV show. You know, you got um, you got a Kathleen Kennedy pressing forward with Episode Nine, and 
he like he literally just set a list and left out Ryan Johnson. So I don't know if that's still in the flux or what's going on there. But they're obviously trying to trying to figure out how to bounce back from well, Solo. As as of September first, he's still making that trilogy. Like that that was confirmed that he is still making it. So I think you just don't mention a name that causes people to flare up. I guess <laughs> over Star Wars. Like if you're Bob, you're like, hey. Do you want people to tweet horrible things at you because you said a name that they they don't like associated with Star Wars? I think so. I think I think we're still going to get that get that. But I think another approach is you know other than just Star Wars fatigue essentially because six months no it wasn't even six months it was a five months after Last Jedi uh, they dropped Solo and then that's on DVD this week I just saw it in the store today but like I I could I could use like like the Christmas Star we talked about the Christmas Star Wars releases Mike. That's a great uh-huh. time to do it, I think. You know, that's a that's a good Christmas time movie. What do you, what do you think about that? Just returning to one a year, or, yeah, or maybe less. I, yeah, one a year is fine for me, and I, I think Christmas time is a is a good place to put it. It feels like it just feels right to me. Um, having, Marvel's uh, got the summer unlocked, man. You can't you don't want to mess with them. Uh, yeah, I think I think even though they own the same company, I would go see a Marvel movie in May over a Star Wars movie in May every time. Like if you had to choose one of the two, um, but I think they're also looking to diversify their Star Wars properties, including the Star Wars TV show by John Favreau, and we have our first set photos. They are on set on this mic already, making this show. You know, like we said, Game of Thrones level kind of kind of show out here. And if you head over to this link here, it takes us to MakingStarWars.net. They have some photos of the sets running down here, Mike. Have you have you seen these yet at all? Yeah, yeah, it looks like they're uh they're constructing a ba- back lot, a set, seems to be some sort of desert kind of cantina-esque looking It looks um, a little Tatooine, uh if yeah. you will. Um I think uh maybe it was one of the bottom ones here. I think uh shows uh yeah, John Favreau on on the sets walking through the sets being built down there. Um the 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 theory right now still is that they're this is set on um where what was Boba Fett? Uh, what is his? Do you know what his uh, race is? And then, I, someone's yelling at me right now on on the uh, Mandalorian. Is Mandalore's that is? yeah, Mandalore. So uh, supposedly set on Mandalore, but I can see them taking a trip to other planets such as Star Wars. I got I jeez, I would hope a Star Wars TV show would go to at least one other planet. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you never know, man. But I mean, John Favreau. I, I don't see any reason not to trust him. Do you? I mean, I, I think this is fine. Like, yeah, he has he, he has earned goodwill. I would say. Yeah, yeah, goodwill. We're going to talk more about goodwill later, aren't we? Like you're, <laughs> you're still holding that thing I said earlier this week uh, close to your chest. Also, the, the TV show takes place three years after Return of the Jedi. So uh, again, this takes place after Return of the Jedi. We're going to see a little bit more story. Uh, what does the galaxy shape in when we get there? So I yeah, I, I guess it's gonna I guess it's gonna be dealing a little bit with some uh, fallout of destroying that second Death Star and killing the Emperor and uh, Vader the, dying. Yeah, throwing the the, the Republic or not the Republic the uh, the Empire into disarray. Like, what do you do in the you know, the rebuilding phase of this? Um, I'm going to need a, a plucky Ewok sidekick in the TV show that just, you know, he left home. Uh, he, he, he stowed away on one of those, uh, one of those, uh, rebel ships on their way out. And he's just like, oh, I want to go out on an adventure. I'm going to go meet a porg. Yeah. Do you, do you think he's going to, is it going to, you want the one with the blinking eyes or the not blinking eyes? He walked a half blinking uh, one, one eye, only one <laughs> yeah. eye blinks. Uh, yeah, he has an eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll call him patches. 
It'll yeah, there you go. Patches the Ewok. Yeah, very a staple of, of John Favreau's John, TV. John Favreau, that one's free. You can yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Star Wars TV show is great. Let's talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. I had uh, one image literally the minute we got off the show last week, but now I've got mm-hmm. uh, some more looks uh, at this stealth suit Spider-Man is rocking. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me right now that he is not dead? The last time we saw Peter Parker, he got dusted. I just assumed he was dead forever, Chris. Well, again, I think you're also a big fan of thinking that this movie takes place before Infinity War too. Is this some sort of prequel? What is going on here? We don't He's, know. He died on screen. As far as I know, that's forever. But maybe it's not Peter Parker under this suit. We just get to see the suit. And the yeah, suit let, let, is very much a very black suit, Yeah, it, there It's really hard to discern what's going on here because, uh, first of all, whoever took this video, you're getting fired because this looks like a closed set. This doesn't look yeah. like this doesn't look like something like a, with a telephoto lens or something that was on set. You see the uh, camera doing the shot. You're like literally right there running the camera with him. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like it's not going to be too hard to figure out who who posted this video. So uh, good luck, uh, PA. You're going to have to find a new job or grip or whatever you were. Um, but there's, it's like it's not like a it's obviously not like a Venom suit, but right. it's kind of got a similar vibe because it's all black with the with the white eyes. Um, I'm curious if maybe this is just like an unlocked ability, possibly to his Stark suit because we know it has a lot of tech going on in there. Uh, it's hard to say if it's a, a wholly a different suit that he puts on, but also it it doesn't look super great on camera the way we're seeing it. So right. it makes me think like, is this part like stunt suit? Is this going to be like the very first time we saw Chadwick Boseman in the Black Panther suit and he right. was running up a side of a building and it was a little saggy? There's just not a whole lot I can pull out of this right now, you so, know. So the first image showed him actually on a on the Ferris wheel, I think, because this is maybe might be in England, maybe. Or, yeah, it looks like maybe some sort of classic carnival yeah, type. It, it's in Europe. We know that much. Um, so he was on the side of a Ferris wheel. And this looks with the fire and the debris around him that this is something has blown up or or been destroyed around Spider-Man. Also, you can see his you can see his fingers. So I don't know if that's intentional that you can see his fingers or maybe just for acting point of view, Tom Holland wants to be able to touch yeah. things and maybe they just CGI the, the the cloth around his fingers. But it's hard to say if this is a final suit. I almost want to say somehow when he's in England, he doesn't have his suit on him and he just right. has to throw one together. That's almost kind of what it looks like. We He also may not have the Stark suit in this movie. We I mean, we really don't know what suit he has. I think we've seen some shots of him in the stark suit but maybe maybe he doesn't have one yeah you're right that's exactly what you're saying this is his archer from from archer suit like his little (laughs) british spy suit yeah um but he's got a black mask the white eyes it it has touches of the noir suit i guess a little bit if you would not Um, enough leather for me chris leather and goggles is what i need well the goggles definitely i don't know about the leather it's more trench coaty but uh it's very just black it's like you this spider-man is not a a bright red and blue guy swinging around being getting stuff drawn him this is a guy who's working in the shadows in this suit a little bit and maybe stealthing around reconning before mysterio sees him yeah this really just uh raises questions of just 
why and how did he get into a different suit? You know, we, we kind of think maybe Spider-Woman might possibly show up into this, you know, little bits and bobs of S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe tugging uh-huh. his strings. Since he's still a kid, you know, he doesn't exactly always know what to do with himself. So, you know, you could see somebody kind of giving him a mission. What so if it's maybe MI6 or, or the British government instead? Because we well, don't know it, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s around. Well, it's got to be a British version of S.H.I.E.L.D. It, it, like, well, we know Nick Fury gotta, and Maria Hill are back, but like... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they probably give it him something. Okay, to do. I'm 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 going to guess. I know some people were theorizing, and Mike, just Mike never guesses. Okay, this is the first. <laughs> so some people thought like, oh, maybe Henry Cavill would be Captain Britain. I don't think Captain Britain is ever going to um, come to light. And uh, if it did, maybe it would be like Edgar Wright's return to the MCU because, you know, he's from that side of the pond and maybe he would make some sort of really funny Captain Britain movie. But I have a feeling there's going to be some sort of like government agent or some character that we meet that has like the real life persona character name of Captain. Like what what what's his alter ego? Like, I don't know exactly what Captain Britain's real name is, but I feel like we're going to meet a character with that name in this in this movie, because like this is the first time we've ever had a movie go to to England. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like we're going to meet a character. (laughs) Well, I know the actor J.B. Smoove is in this movie and has been seen on set in like a main role um, for this. I also think he might be some relation of Nick Fury's like that would be really funny if Nick Fury's like brother or cousin was J.B. Smoove and he was in England. I mean, I I still like the I still personally like the idea uh, that he's going to be J. Jonah Jameson because he he has that yeah. energy and I think the cadence to really hit it. But I looked it up real quick. Captain Britain's um, alter ego is Brian Braddock. He, so uh, keep a lookout for, I don't know, some sort of like agent or bus driver named Brian Braddock or janitor. I don't know. They'll get that name in there somehow. Well, I, I still think he can't. I think that this is not off the table. Captain Britain is not off the table. Um, he also, his uh, his sister, I believe, Betsy Braddock, is also Psylocke. So if they want to tie that into X-Men later, they definitely can. Oh, I actually didn't know that was the, the Psylocke connection there. Hey, yeah. look at me learning new stuff every day. Yeah, and, and Captain Britain is also known for being, I believe, um, he's some sort of dimensional hopper. Like, at least the version, I, the most recent version I've read. So if they ever do interdimensional stuff, he he's... Um, possibly one of those people that we could use in that that would be absolutely wild (laughs) if uh this if if not even in spider-man uh far from home if infinity war part two opens up and it's like captain britain jumping through a portal take getting tony from titan it'd be like what is going on this is crazy (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely uh a a while it's gonna be a wild ride i don't think they're gonna have him in there but that would just be the ultimate middle finger to dc is to again to get henry cavill as i I, I know this makes no sense, me saying this, but Captain Britain just sounds too goofy and far-fetched to be in the MCU. And I know exactly what you're going to say, but there's Captain America. I know. They're pretty much exactly the same. You're just swapping the nations. But it, I don't know. Captain their, Britain their just powers always, are way different. I, will, I it, will at least tell you that. It just always seemed really goofy. It just – it obviously, I, I already – like I feel like I already don't even have to Google or look him up on Wikipedia. They were just sitting down. They're just like, okay, well, we have Captain America. He's doing really well. He's selling a lot of issues, uh, but we need to sell some more issues uh, overseas. All right, we'll just make Captain Britain. All right, what's he look like? I don't know the same, but he's going to have the British flag on him. All right, uh, give him some maybe some different powers. And I feel like that is like how Captain Britain came to be. So um, I don't know. It would be funny to see him portrayed on screen. I, yeah, I think it would be. But I also think you know if they wanted to set the seeds of British superheroes or worldly superheroes, I believe. 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't your wife ask why all the superheroes were in New York earlier this week and not anywhere else in the world? <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. she was uh, uh, putting that hypothetical out there. So so this is a way to sow seeds of super-powered people <laughs> in other countries. You know, she is on to something. I'm swinging through a fictional version of New York City as Spider-Man, and there is crime everywhere and there's literally like groups of like two dozen criminals like in every like alley i go down i'm like i would not want to live in this new york if i lived in this new york i would get out as fast as possible (laughs) that's right and all the superheroes would stay busy so they get a move there yeah it's like there's goddamn aliens uh in one version of my new york there's criminals all over the place i can't handle this you can't do it man can't even the avengers have moved out they're like no we we don't want none of this (laughs) there's lizard people trying to terraform the city i don't want to be a lizard i'm gonna move upstate (laughs) yeah so uh, it if spider-man wants to sow seeds for uh european superheroes later this is an opportunity for them there there you go but the whole point of that was look at the stealth suit so you get to come see the 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 black suit no logo on his chest just black suit white eyes Mm -hmm. and uh finger tips Daredevil, the season three poster has dropped. I think there might have been like some footage this week earlier as well. But this season three poster uh, is really cool because I'm, lo- I'm loving to the idea of the Kingpin returning as the focal point of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Matt Murdock may be losing his Daredevil costume, but I love the black suit and his like, wrapped up band- bandaged arms as well. Um, and this Kingpin is more like the Kingpin I remember from the comic books. White suits, scowl on his face. He looks like he's pulled out of that Spider-Man game, don't he? Doesn't he? Like, he, he looks like he's right from that game. Yeah, Vincent uh, D'Onofrio plays a great uh, kingpin. I I really shouldn't be worried because Daredevil, uh, the first season, was great. I loved it. It's still my favorite Netflix show. And this is basically we're bringing back all the elements that I loved, you know, bringing back the awesome villain. They're putting him back in his old suit. I love both suits, so I don't really care either way. Right. But I'm just thinking, is this just an attempt to try to make something that was better than season two and just going backwards? I just hope they're still pushing everything forward, you know, like because putting Matt Murdock back in the same old suit, fighting the same old villain, I hope they have a really compelling story to go along with that because we've talked about it on the show before uh the netflix marvel shows are starting to be stretched a little thin Uh and uh so if you're kind of just doubling back and folding over on your old story ideas i just hope it's i just hope it's innovative a little bit well what i what i'm gonna enjoy about this is probably the status quo changes kingpin has been put in jail and now he's back out Mm -hmm. um is he going to run for well he tried to run for mayor in the first season right so he's probably not going to try to go for a political power again we were not also introducing dare uh electra and punisher in the same season as well so i think by going back to the characters and that that battle for essentially new york in, in a personal battle i think it will probably get a tighter show uh rather than kind of being I, I like season two of daredevil better than one i think the flow is better but there's a lot there's a lot in that season two to take in man like half mm-hmm. of it's most of it's what punisher related and electra related so um I like to see some simplicity in the shows, a little bit back back to the basics in my book. But yeah, you're right. We could be burned. We could be burned real bad on this one. So <laughs> at least it's not Iron Fist season one, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. We can always rest on that. I, and I think we should be getting a full trailer soon. I know New York Comic Con is coming up, and this is slated to release. I think the weekend after possibly. So New York Comic Con always loves the to uh to bring some of this Marvel television yeah. uh, stuff. So it comes out like the weekend of my wife's birthday, so I don't think I'm gonna watch a lot of it that weekend either. So God damn but, it. <laughs> but I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh we're gonna start the, the, the back half of the show about a bunch of release dates have been moved around completely. Mm-hmm. Uh but I wanna go ahead and first say if you go over to superhero slate dot com slit 
upcoming shows and movies, all these have been updated already the minute they, they hit the news article. So Yeah, and uh, the best part about it is you don't have to, like, try to hunt down some sort of page that has, like, stupid slideshows or, like, filter through a bunch of, like, posters and weird formatting. We have delivered a high-quality, efficient, single-bulleted text list just organized by year. It's so simple. I love it. It's basically a tool. You don't have to worry about blocking any dumb ads or anything like yeah. that. If you want to know when these superhero movies are coming out, just go to, just go to SuperheroSlate.com. Um, we just have a nice list and we even let you know when it's updated i hated it in the past when i would go to these lists and i'd be like okay this is great and then once you get into it you're just like this is all old information and then you scroll up to the top and you scroll down to the bottom and you see like no revision dates on it at all it's like well this is a worthless tool yeah well i see a lot of people who take like oh here's the mcu slate before i think before inhumans was even taken off and they're like here's the (laughs) upcoming marvel movies i'm like you people, like, just stop. Like, you're using old pictures and data. Uh, as soon as something changes in our news, I put it on here. And all these dates have been um, updated. Some of them that are kind of in the gray, I've put slashes through. But I'm pretty sure they're canceled anyway. But we keep uh-huh. them on here until we're officially sure what's going well, on. Well, yeah, I'm curious to see how your slashing has been changing with the Gambit movie. But we'll get to that in a little well, bit. I don't slash <laughs> those. But Justice League Part 2 is still on this list for June of next year, Mike. I Ooh. don't think we're going to see that one by a long shot. Yikes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Hellboy uh, it, it was what, what we're here to talk about. It actually got pushed back three months, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to tell you why this is a good thing. It's now in April 12th, 2018, one week after Shazam. Oh, and okay. what I am taking away from this, they have a lot of good faith in this movie because it was normally in January, first week of January, mm-hmm. which is considered dumping grounds. For movies. Like, what movie do you remember in January that was really good? So, I, I have two things I, I, I will say here. So, I was kind of hoping that it was more of an attempt to just redefine the month of January. I mean, they did it with February. They're kind of doing it with October. You know, they're really just trying to make every month uh, just a, a way to bring out a blockbuster movie. So, I was just like, maybe Hellboy could do it because I believe it's rated R. It is. So, I don't consider it a blockbuster if it's rated yeah, R. But, you know, it might be enough of a niche to really pull an audience in January. But also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a slight wrench into this news by saying I cannot – I can't reveal my source. Uh, so, I can't give you any more information beyond just saying that there has been some turmoil – on the back end of this Hellboy movie, and I don't know all the details. It's just from whisperings that that I've that I've heard uh, that there has been some uh, issues on the on the release end of this movie that I knew about a couple weeks ago. I didn't know all the details, but now I'm starting to see that I got pushed up a couple months. It might not necessarily be be for the goodwill of the movie. Uh, you know, I started hearing some whispers about like you know uh, an actor being involved that was supposed to be cast that wasn't cast, and the, there was being some things dangled around. So I wish I knew more, and I can't really say much beyond that. But there might be more to this Hellboy news than than we think that there is. But I guess what we know for sure that it was moved from January, so we will not be re- redefining the month of January, unfortunately. Well, I, I I don't understand the casting thing you're trying to explain here. Like someone was supposed to be in it who's not in it. So I, I can't I, I can't give give you all the details because I don't have all the details myself. These were literally whispers right. 
and uh, of things that I had overheard in a, a, a in a confidential environment. And there was some issues when it came to uh, a, a certain a certain cast. I, I wish I could remember all 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 the things. But all I know was there was drama circling around the movie. So when I know factually that there was drama circling around the movie, and then the the it, the date got moved. Now I'm starting to maybe connect the two dots. But uh, well, that's thing, all I can say. Well, the only thing I think of, like, this movie has been done filming since December of last year. So, like, whoever is cast has probably shot all their stuff, right? Yeah, possibly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they, I mean, even if they do it before, the problem is we're in a, a, a world where if they recast somebody and reshot those scenes, you know, we would know about it. But, like, we would never know on the release date. The only thing I'm, I, I'm like, well, this is interesting. They're going to put it one week after Shazam, which is the a DC movie everyone seems to be looking forward to. And this is also, we'll put it like one week before probably Avengers four. So yeah, you have that a is a small window to, to show your movie off. Yeah. I don't know if that was the best decision, <laughs> um, but if, if the only reason I would say that like, that is a sign of good faith in my, I mean, without knowing that information, if you're going to put it a week, maybe two weeks before Avengers four, you got to be like, yeah, yeah. We, we, we think we're going to get a lot of money out of this the first week. So, it can go either way, um, but being R-rated will definitely probably get you different audiences than both Shazam and Infinity War. Yeah. Because I, I wish I remembered project. more about what I what I overheard. I think it was now that I'm starting to think about it. Think back because this, ha- this I'm gonna happened. I want to wiretap you every day. Yeah, now, this like this, this happened a little while ago. I think it had to do with. Um, I think it had to do with like distribution and somebody that was supposed to be cast that wasn't cast that maybe was trying to be floated around within the studio. I don't, maybe Brett Radner was involved. I don't know. I hear, I, I hear a lot of things bouncing off the walls and uh, yeah, it's confusing. But anyway, uh, since obviously I don't have any hard evidence, we should move on. <laughs> okay. All right. Now that we're all thoroughly confused, mm-hmm. um, Hellboy, uh, April's on there. But I want to see it. I'm still excited for the movie. I want to see David. Har- I want to see another picture of David Harbor as Hellboy. Like I'm very yeah. excited to see him because what we did see early on looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I want to see what that looks like. Um, and we're in trailers territory for April now, so we mm-hmm. we can definitely see something. Fox has done some shuffling of their own this week. Yes, um, they have <laughs> enough to confuse us all uh, within a nice 24 hour time frame. <laughs> um, we know that Disney is buying Fox. What mm. I my understanding is that everything that is scheduled to be in production or still in production or um, scheduled to be in production and at least under production by the time the deal closes will still get made. Like that is my understanding of the of the deal from from various sources. Doesn't mean that's going to happen, but we do have some stuff that's moving around. First and foremost, they did give us our first Dark Phoenix trailer this week. Um, to I, I'm not going to say mixed reviews, but I'm going to tell you the same thing. I'm going to tell everyone the same thing I told you, Mike. This is the last stand again. Um, <laughs> and what did we learn about X-Men The Last Stand, Mike? Oh, it wasn't good. It was not good. What was the movie right after Last Stand? Do you remember the movie that came out after Last Stand? Uh, was it uh, X-Men Wolverine Origins? Origins Wolverine. Great. <laughs> uh, what was the last movie we saw from Fox involving the X-Men? Uh, that was Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Was that any good? It was no, not. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so um, we don't have any... I don't have good faith in Fox making uh-huh. movies. I still think First Class is better than Days of Future Past. A lot of people like Days of Future Past. I saw the scene with Quicksilver in it the other day doing doing the with the bullets shooting in the kitchen utensils. 
uh-huh. lovely scene. But overall, that movie has some issues in my book. But overall, everyone still liked it. Um, this trailer seems to be an exact rehash of uh, Dark, or I guess the last in because he's blocked thoughts in Jean Grey's mind that you know she she now has access to later whenever her powers uh-huh. lose control. Uh, maybe she is like the only thing I can think of that maybe stands out to me as being a true difference is they're actually letting Jean Grey be a villain this time and maybe Magneto is not on her side the whole way. Yeah, I mean possibly. I mean the best way I could describe this trailer it was just thoroughly unremarkable. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, it's uh, hard to talk about. Yeah, there's entirely. just nothing going on here. I, you you said it best I think to me where it said this looks like a fan made trailer. This just looks like you could have just collected clips from all of the other like uh, Michael Fassbender um, uh, X-Men movies and you could have just made this trailer because you never see the phoenix. Yep. Uh, you never see any of these possible aliens that might be coming to Earth that maybe we'll see in another trailer. And I'm not saying they should just be blowing all this stuff in the first trailer. But, I mean, geez, you got to get people excited about this movie, you know, in some aspects, especially with a teaser trailer or a debut trailer. And you just have all the same hits. You was like, okay, we're seeing more of the X-Mansion. We're seeing Xavier a bald in a wheelchair. Um, the only kind of cool special effects shots we really get are just like two different scenes of cars getting kind of crushed and thrown in the air. Mm-hmm. So there's just not, there's nothing really exciting to grab onto <laughs> here, especially from like a visual side. Like since I put the, since I put these featured images together for our podcast every week, like I go through a, like pretty much every big trailer that comes out almost frame by frame like in 4K, looking for the highest resolution, just stand out still with just an awesome silhouette of a character that I can just throw up and, and Photoshop. And there's just really not a whole lot going on here. I would have loved to just have like a nice crisp visual of the Phoenix, but like, yeah, who, who cares? Like they 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 don't have show like your this... title character in your first trailer. Yeah, and it's just like everything we've seen like has been less uh, impressive than technically what we saw in Apocalypse, which is confusing because she's supposed to be being imbued imbued with the Phoenix powers, but she already kind of had it at the end of Apocalypse, and she kind of unleashed it in a big like fiery kind of. I think it was like a Phoenixy silhouette. I don't quite remember because I forget that movie well, almost wholeheartedly. At, at least they showed their mutant powers in that scene. In this one. We saw. I see what we see. One poof from Nightcrawler. Um, mm-hmm. Did we see any optic blasts? I don't even think we saw Cyclops optic blasts. Mm, I don't uh, think so. Uh, we get Professor X putting his hand to his head and Magneto screaming. Like what a bil- We M- Mystique didn't even transform. Uh, <laughs> but like I, the last thing you want to do in, in, in any movie or anything is draw attention to one of your most hated films ever made. Mm-hmm. And this is an exact parallel of that. Movie. Yeah, they would have they would have needed some sort of really big um, like redemption set piece to be like, hey, guess what? We are making the same story, but oh, it's different. We're taking this crazy angle with all these aliens showing up. I'm not saying that there's there's no um, there's no possibility that this movie could be unique and great and different, but they're not getting that across in the trailer mm-hmm. whatsoever. The only part that I really really liked. Um, was Magneto's line that said, Charles, it's just another speech uh, and nobody cares. And it's just like, that's great. It's great that you can finally say that um, in your movie. So They should hopefully... have opened with that as like a parody of the other ones. Like, oh, it's the same thing. And then shows <laughs> a bunch of new stuff. 
Yeah, and also it's just uh, another version of slowing down a rock song and putting it in your trailer. This is the end. My only friend, the end. My favorite part about that was just using the word the end. Uh This hopefully will be putting the nails in the coffin for these actors in this um, timeline of the X-Men. I really don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to spend New Mutants now. It's just like I think New Mutants be... is still standalone because none of the it doesn't show any connection to anything else. Like yeah, Deadpool, gonna be, that is going to be like a weird experiment and like with uh, yeah. red strings on a corkboard trying to figure out what they're going to do there. But yeah, this trailer did not impress me. I thought it was funny because I didn't know that this trailer was coming out at like it, like on one of the late night shows. And <laughs> you text me on <laughs> in a different time zone, three hours ahead of me. You're just like, yeah, I'm awake right now. Um, I, I'm just on a YouTube live stream of just some random people watching this late night show. The trailer's supposed to drop, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was not very. Um, not worth staying up. Not yeah. worth staying up. No. Uh, so I ended up waking up to it. What I. What I, so what I also see next is we got we got our po- like other than this trailer, which is uh, again ultimately lackluster and very much the last stand. I want to tell tell you it's the last stand a billion times until it's done. <laughs> but the poster. The poster is showing us Jean Grey with light behind her, the X in the cosmos. Why did we not see any space shots like this in the trailer? Like, this is the exact opposite of what we saw in the trailer. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the theory that I've been seeing out there online is we do have shots in this trailer where the gang is in the Blackbird uh, flying yeah. into space, and I feel like uh, like others that this is going to be at the beginning of the movie. Well, and that, this that's is confir- be, that's confirmed. Yeah, and this is yeah. where Jean ends up getting um, like basically attacked by the Phoenix powers, even though she already had it. No, she doesn't so, get attacked. Like they, so. The opening scene, without spoilers if you want to skip ahead, but, like, it's been confirmed. The X-Men are saving these astronauts in space, and she loses control of her powers while she's out in space, alerting all these aliens that this Phoenix Force is, in fact, on Earth. Exactly. So, uh... (laughs) I was just like, what do do I say to that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, like, look at at this, how, like, this is a, a very cosmic background, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is no Earth here. Why did we not see any of these faraway cosmic shots in in the trailer? Is my is my concern? Yeah, uh, underwhelming, unremarkable trailer for a property <laughs> that has just been wrung right. dry. Because this is still technically the same timeline as all of the other X-Men movies. You know, mm-hmm. things have been shifted and moved around, and technically you could argue it's a branch of the timeline, it, so it, that's why it, things it are... It is a branch. It, it's yeah, a separate but, one, but I, wanted but, to, I wanted to tie up in a bow. You know you know yeah, my ending theory. Yeah, yeah, it all... it But basically, it all lives within the same kind of organism over there at Fox. Well, you have to you start know. with X-Men, and you can watch X-Men's all in a row and get to here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, this just needs... This just needs to end. Things got too messy... And we've had some nice gems in in the in the middle of this goop, but yeah. it's just so, goop. Well, so we were very excited whenever they they put out this trailer, and on the trailer and on the poster you're going to see here. I even still think on their YouTube channel right now, uh, we were going to be able to watch the end of this burn of this garbage fire on February 14th. <laughs> we were going to take a Valentine's Day, laugh our way through Valentine's Day, February 14th. Then 24 hours later. <laughs> They have changed the release date from February 14th to June 7th. So now wow. we have to wait until the middle of summer 
to to watch this movie. And there is only one reason why this happened, Mike. I will tell you the exact reasons right now. This trailer got 44 million views in the Chinese market within that first 12 hours. What they, is what, what China? What what are you doing? <laughs> China, they are only moving this to June so they can hit the Chinese market and get a Chinese release date and do it day and date to get those profits for this movie because chances are It'll probably make some money, in, yes, just with the X Men name alone in, mm-hmm. in America. But um, you're, you've hit diminishing returns. I'm going to peg this as maybe one of the lowest returns of the X Men movies so far, unless yeah, they mean, blow us away with another trailer. I am. I'm just shocked that a whole studio that just released a, a first trailer for a, like a movie sets a sets a line in the sand. February 14th. This is our date, and then they see a response from China on a YouTube video. And then they decide to just totally upend everything. I mean, that's really crazy. That's, I mean, that's how little they actually re- care about it, Mike. That's yeah. I think like- I I think they're worried that it's just yeah, it's not going to make any money here domestically in the United States because we're just tired of all of these uh, X Men stories, and uh, they just got to try to make their money back in China. Yep. And Disney's probably like, yep, we're going to help you make the most money off of this garbage fire because we're <laughs> inheriting your debt. Well, and also, these are all Fox executives that will probably end up not having a job once yeah. the merger goes through. So they're just like, yeah, they don't care. They don't care about the they don't care about the audience or anything like that. They don't care about the <laughs> the date that might be uh, uh, seared forever in their first trailer. Uh, they just want returns before they have to go find a new job. And uh, they this is probably still before the Disney deal closes, so they would get that money anyways. So mm-hmm. that that's it. Uh, a couple things. Um, just point out they don't have X Men in the title anymore. It's just called Dark Phoenix with the X over the X in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, here we get to see the team assemble um, at the end of Apocalypse. One of the best shots was the original cartoon accurate costumes. Right mm-hmm. now they're back to these stupid blue and yellow jumpsuits. Like, <laughs> like this looks ugly. Like these look ugly as sin for the nineties or yeah nineties for this. Right. Like I, I will. Yeah, I was going to ask you since we kind of have this uh, this uh, this crew assembling here. Uh, do you think any of them are going to die? We oh, do you mystique. See... Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, and hoping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence has very well made it clear that she doesn't want to be a part of this. Um, they gave her brighter red hair and the scales on her face finally, uh, but also in the trailer they have her in human form. I'm like, what? You got mutants? Show us the mutants, man. Yeah. But uh, the, I think I... that's what it is. I do think it's funny that Jennifer Lawrence thought her way out of this franchise, like, you know, was to die. But it's just like, ooh, awkward timing because this was going to be the last movie anyway. So you probably just could have lived and, you know, we weren't going to make any more of these anyway. (laughs) Yeah, you probably would not have needed to cut that paycheck. So I think they're all either – this looks like they're in um, Genosha, which is um, Xavier's, like, little island for mutants that's, like, away from everybody else. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where some of that the, the stuff is going to take place. Isn't of. it a floating city? Is he going to make it float in the movie? I don't think so. I think Genosha was just a regular island uh, for a while. So I don't know if it was floating until later. I think they, when they moved the locations, he floated it. But I don't think it'll be floating in this one. Um, and lastly, Jessica Chastain in her pale whiteness and blonde hair is, quote, unquote, not from this world with a cosmic background. She's an alien. She's an alien somewhere <laughs> there. We don't know what it is, but but she's definitely an alien in that regard. Uh, yet again, I, I, I can't keep track of how many times this is, Mike. Gambit has been moved. Um, <laughs> this movie is never getting made. This is one of them that is, could be the first casualty of it. 
if they keep delaying it, but this is still within that. That's why I said earlier I wanted to preface this with saying anything with uh, under production before June or July of next year will still get made and maybe released due to contracts in place. But I, I don't know. If you pay someone enough to say, hey, don't make Gambit, I would take that money. I would leave. Um, the only the only thing that I think could make this work is uh, it almost just seems silly to say, oh, yeah, the movie's coming 2020. Don't worry. It's just like you're going to be owned by Disney before 2020 rolls around. So I don't know what you think you're trying to do here. But if they're already kind of in talks and starting to organize with Kevin Feige, who we know is going to be overtaking the X-Men, maybe there's going to be a strategy here to roll the X-Men into the MCU. Instead of just saying, hey, brand new, amazing, astonishing X-Men, first movie, 2021 is when it comes out. We're going to integrate them into the MCU. Here you go. Here's your new X-Men team. Maybe they're going to take it back to the old school MCU approach and start to build up the X-Men team. And then maybe we don't get Avengers movies anymore. Maybe we get X-Men movies. So maybe we actually do get a Gambit movie. That's maybe maybe not just Gambit. Maybe it's Gambit and another classic X-Men. Maybe actually Rogue. Who knows? Maybe it's a Gambit Rogue movie. And then after that, maybe a year or two later, maybe we get, um, who knows? Maybe we get a Jean Grey and Cyclops movie. I don't know. And then maybe they all culminate into an X-Men film. You know, heck, I don't know, throw Spider-Man in there or something like that. That could be a strategy. So maybe Gambit could be the first MCU X-Men movie. That would give me a little bit more faith in it. But I, I still don't, I don't think, think I is. want it. I don't think, I don't it think I want it. I think Kevin Feige would be like, nah, pull the plug. Uh, I, I, I think if this does get made and released March 13th, 2020, It'll be a miracle, and even that miracle <laughs> is is one that should not be a miracle. Channing Tatum's been attached to this project for so yeah. long. I think it's lost like three directors now, so mm-hmm. who knows if a script's even made. But Gambit has been, uh, right now, what we have to report on is the news, and March 13th, 2020 is the news for Gambit on a thing there. What's really surprising, and I this, this next bit of news here is still confusing the hell out of me. Yes. Uh, Deadpool <laughs> 2... Um, is getting a PG-13 re-release on December 21st of this year. <laughs> I didn't even know how to react when I saw this. Like, a PG-13 of Deadpool is just, you're defeating the purpose of the movie. What are you doing here? That's what you do when you air a movie on TNT on the weekends because you can't show it in rated R on cable. What is going on here? Chris? Well, I think I think cable even has like more stricter. I think this is a, 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 a either this is a joke and it won't happen or it's uh they've they've recut a whole different movie. Like this is not just an edited version. Uh, I don't know if you saw Ryan Reynolds' Twitter this week, but he has a, a, a picture of him in the Deadpool suit reading a story to an adult Fred Savage in a bed a la The <laughs> Princess Bride. Yeah, that's the only thing that gives me just a slight bit of hope that if Ryan Reynolds has the buy-in, that maybe it will be something a little extra and a little something special. Like, it can't just be a neutered version of Deadpool 2 just to get a little bit more box office dollars. It's There's got to be a gimmick to it. They, they have to have added money to it and not just from well, editors changing the movie. So, so technically this is titled the Untitled Deadpool Movie. But everyone has said it's the Deadpool 2. It could be a Deadpool... Like, you know how uh, Anchorman did the Legend of Ron Burgundy, like a separate cut with all the outtakes? Mm-hmm. What if that's what this is? That would be great. And that would totally like a de- work yeah. 
for a character like Deadpool. Yeah, maybe it's just a bunch of stuff from the cutting room floor that gets slapped together. And then maybe they throw in like a little weird like mystery science theater type deal where Deadpool is like sitting in front of the movie kind of giving you commentary while you watch it. That would be a crazy, amazing experiment that actually could be really fun. It's almost yeah. like you're getting uh, – uh, it's almost like you're getting like Deadpool DLC. Yeah. Like you're paying for like, like the same stuff that was already made. That actually might be kind of cool. And that would justify having like a PG thirteen rating, but yeah, if it's if it's just what you know, our first thought of just being like a, a recut, like yeah. edited down, like there's there's no reason to see this. Are and the, then plus, all the teenagers snuck into the movie and saw it anyway, so well, it's like <laughs> you say that. I've actually had a conversation with a coworker this week uh, who her her family goes and sees superhero movies all the time. Her friends go see superheroes movies with their kids all the time. They took their kid to Deadpool not knowing it was rated R. Oh my god! Uh, like a three or like five to seven years old, like not knowing uh, Deadpool two, and then they took the kid out after like the first scene. No, and, that kid was probably having a great time yeah. too. Like, this so, is amazing. So there are people out there who are again ignorant of the the rating system, and and they just don't know. But um, I would love to see something completely different, as, as Monty Python would say. And now for something completely different, like, yeah. Not just I, like you said, the uh, take your balls and just chop them off. Deadpool two neutered. Um, Coming up, December 21st. December 21st was a big day. There was a lot of movies. Aquaman's that day, Into the Spider-Verse. We're going to talk about Holmes and Watson. But Alita Battle Angel was that day and is now moved yet again to the February 14th slot uh, Dark Phoenix originally held. So um, they're getting away from the Bumblebee movies and everything else because... December 21st is going to be a, a cluster week of all movies, Mike. Yeah, and that was going to be my biggest worry about this movie because I, I feel like I'm starting to kind of championing this. I kind of want it to be something new and exciting that actually really takes off. Uh, it would be great to finally have like a manga anime movie that actually works, and then mm. maybe this could be it. I mean, when James Cameron is involved, I know he's just producing it. And, and Robert but, Rodriguez does have the yeah, stylization of, of an exactly. anime film. Exactly. I just hope this works. And I was worried that December is a crowded month for this movie. And it's and it's no one's really going to know what it is. They're like, what's Alita Battle Angel? No, I'm going to go see this safe Disney movie that we know about. Or I'm going to go see this superhero movie. Like, I'm going to go see Jason Momoa. That dude's ripped. Uh, He's your man. You're his man. Yeah. Or I'll just go see another Transformers movie. So it's good that it's moving. But I also read that it also moved also in, in – due to the fact of the Chinese New Year, apparently, which is a really big box office take for Chinese movies. And this would be a, probably a good film for that type of market. So, And also, um, it, you know, Fox is taking advantage of the Chinese market. So I guess there's different points of the year where you can release movies. So I think A Little Battle Angel in February is a good good news for this movie. Yeah. So this is, a, uh, this is an example of a good movie, uh, movie good news, and yeah. maybe not so much for Hellboy. Say what you will about Bumblebee. I've seen the, the most recent trailer from this. They're on Cybertron in their Generation 1 yeah, forms, which is blowing my mind. I'm like, oh, my oh. God. I, I watched it just for these scenes. I don't want to see yeah, anything I mean, else. The movie seems to have heart. It's got John Cena in it. Uh, it Did he? I didn't really, see him. He was so – Yeah. He's in yeah. it? Yeah. Well, John Cena is very much an everyman, and he's in military garb. So he looks – he already – already looks like he belongs in that type of so it's really easy to kind of scan over him but yeah it looks fun i mean we kind of get similar bumblebee action in this but yeah we got to see cybertron we get to hear Uh, optimus prime optimus prime's original form not his hot rod flame truck from the bay era like 
I love like did you see the 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 was it Soundwave spit the cassette out of his chest that turns into the dog in mm-hmm. that just like the old cartoons man that's that's this is going to be this is going to be so weird and it's just like <laughs> didn't that technically happen on Cybertron also yeah yeah all that's on Cybertron yeah yeah so then it but then it begs the question like why does this robot on a far away planet look like a cassette deck that was invented oh that doesn't that, <laughs> we're not asking those questions because that that, I know. that one actually it's just, a lot of these came to earth and were in the first and second and third movies so just I just want to I just want to see them in in the high detail, man. That's really all I want. Yeah, it's weird. I never thought I would be talking about a Transformers movie like this, which is and it's just really funny considering this is supposed to be kind of like the end of this Transformers saga. You know, yeah. they're gonna like reboot it after this. Uh, maybe uh, if they reboot it in the Generation One world, I'll watch it. That's no, sure. but th- but then they're they're falling to the same problem of what X Men did. They did, went back in time to start a new timeline. Like they're yeah. I don't no, know. No, if that's no, don't work start. Don't either. don't do that. Just like if your reboot's gonna do, it, make it look like that. Is what I'm saying. Like don't. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, did you see the Holmes and Watson trailer, which is also releasing on December 21st? <sighs> I did, and it looked bad. I had a good time with it. I thought it was funny. So no, all, I, ha- I don't have of, any expectations. So I, all of all of those jokes, uh, not funny. Uh, I, I, like I was kind of upset that they build this as like the duos. The duo is back from Talladega Nights and Step Brothers, but it's not the same writer from those those movies. It's the mm. person that made Get Hard, the one with uh, Kevin Hart. No one saw that movie. No one liked it. So I I have no hopes for this. I thought it would I thought it was a cool concept and a fun idea, um, and it looked like it was like oh it looks like they're kind of leaning into the trope of what they kind of started with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes of doing the data analysis in his head, and then he like hits the thing, and then oh I killed a mosquito. Well, no bees. It, I, well, this but, this ain't for me, Chris. But I will not I, I'll not judge any further. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely interested because I enjoy um, Eaton Cohen. You may remember from I remember him from Tropic Thunder um, because that movie I watched like a week ago and um, in Idiocracy as well. So I don't know. I, I it's, yeah, it's it's up in the air. But I mean, I'm enjoying. I'm going to look forward to actually maybe seeing a comedy movie in theaters because I've not seen a comedy in theaters for a very very long time. I mean, I just I couldn't help but cringe when they did the old style selfie, <laughs> and then they put their fingers down like oh like oh my god that is just the oldest trite joke out there like selfie sticks stop being a thing to make fun of like four years ago yeah it's gonna be man great. it's gonna be great it's gonna break records it's gonna we win. don't really it's gonna t- win the twenty first twenty first it's, <laughs> it's gonna, gonna win. win the best picture at the Oscars no I'm not going that far. <laughs> Uh, Titans, the TV show final poster for the upcoming show, Mike. It shows us our characters uh, in their appropriate colors, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Anything here you like? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the poster in general, but they, they did put out some clips just the other day of Beast Boy actually being a beast. Uh-huh. He was like a green tiger. Um, I was just watching it on my phone like through my Twitter feed, so I didn't go like full resolution, high, high def, seeing how everything was going but it seems like they finally got some of the cg done <laughs> so yeah. i saw i saw good, the starfire clip and she doesn't talk like i remember her from the titans tv show and that kind of threw mm-hmm. me for a loop so we'll, we'll play this one by ear but the show's come around the corner this month isn't it i think october yeah. so mm-hmm. lastly arrowverse finally they named their crossover event elseworlds do you know why this is important mike oh why is this important chris elseworlds is the name of the alternate universes that dc comics do so like mm-hmm. steampunk Batman or Russian Superman, those are called Elseworlds. So they they're bringing it into this. Maybe this is an alternate universe where Batgirl or Batwoman 
is the Batman. There's no Batman. Batwoman is the lead in this so if separate any, universe. So if anybody out there has like really strong DC lore that they can explain this to me, because in the in the DC kind of universe on CW, they already have kind of different Earths. And I don't remember exactly if they end up calling them different universes or or if it's like a technically a different dimension that they jump between. But there are other wor- other Earths and other realities out there. So I'm curious if this is just is this is this something different or is this just their way of saying like oh now we're we've actually named all of these other different worlds and Earths we're going to call them Elseworlds mm-hmm. you know and those are Elseworlds are kind of more of a what if scenario as well. So it could be more of a what if. I, I, and they I, they kind of they, and they kind of do that a little bit with these other planets. We don't get a whole lot of detail um, with them because we don't visit them for very long. But with the last crossover, when it was basically the Nazis coming back, it was an Earth where basically it was kind of like a Red Sun type deal. Where like what if the the what if the villains you know were Nazis and the Nazis didn't lose in World yeah. War Two? So maybe maybe they're just finally giving a name and defining what these what things are. But it's cool that they're bringing in like a, kind of like official comic book words for it. You know, yeah. gotta uh, explain it somehow, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I think the weirdest thing is Flash is on Sunday for this crossover. Like they're not using their regular schedule, so they're kicking it off with the Flash on a Sunday. Yeah, I'm kind of curious what the logic behind that is. Maybe I might be able to find out. I got yeah. I got a source. Also, I mean, if if Flash is going between different universes, like yeah, you probably need to start with him anyway. So um, yeah, and he's and he's the head he's the headliner for yeah. the CW right now. So you, you got to start off strong. Yeah. So yep, that's it. The CW gave it a name. Elseworlds. Mike, that's our news for this week. I won't get to talk to you for a while, but if people want to know what you're up to while you're gone, where can they find you at? Well, if you want to follow me on my adventures, you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. You can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing, see if you're um, rage quitting life from having to work on the weekends. Where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or head over to Instagram, Valdan. 87 or maybe my twitch or i don't know if i'm streaming games or not this week we'll figure it out later anyway if people are listening to the show and want to hear more about the show where can they find us at well as always please visit superheroslate.com that's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes so we talked about um we talked about some interesting uh trailers and some set photos and also if you want to check out that vr versus mouse video i did put that over in the show notes and uh, if you want to check that upcoming releases page that we gushed about, because of course we made it and we love it, you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com and you just click on upcoming releases in the nav. Uh, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, we're everywhere. It's hard for me to say all of them in a row. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, mm-hmm. and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com a slash store. If you're a fan of the show, we love hearing from you. I love seeing the conversations out there on our YouTube versions I, of the show. I gotta give a shout to uh, people for pointing out I messed up our YouTube upload last week. Uh, it copied the audio twice instead of just once and put it up there. So thanks for pointing that out. And I uploaded the, the fixed one. So thank you guys. Good job, Chris. You you are but one man. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate all the work you do on that end. So we love hearing from you. Reach out on Twitter, uh, drop a comment on Instagram. DM us on direct on Instagram. Slide into our DMs. We'll talk to you. That's right. Uh, yeah, that always just sounds so sexual because I only it, ever hear it in a sexual connotation. It's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed sliding to be. in yeah. to the DMs. But we love hearing from you. And, of course, as I say at the end of every episode now, if you want to be a super fan – 
Uh, I'm starting the super fan cult. I just rented the gymnasium. I'm going to need a couple super fans to come on over and help me start painting it. I got a lot of metallic colors. I got a lot of aluminum foil in case we run out of paint too. So we got to make our hats. We've got to prepare for the mothership. The only way you're going to get on that mothership is if you're a super fan. And you do that by sharing the show with a friend, sharing the show with a buddy, and I will save you from the rapture. (laughs) And we will be here Next week, not me, but the show will be here every week. That's right, uh, especially next week, and then I'll I'll see you. I'll see all you guys in two weeks. That's right. I'll carry the torch, and <laughs> Mike watches Venom. We'll come back and and talk about it. So I guess mm-hmm. we'll uh, I'll see you guys next week. All right, bye everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. You ready? We're doing this. We're doing it.